Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show saying is that if it's important enough to you you'll make time for it you'll you'll work it in you'll find a job or create a business that allows you to to make time for that hi everyone and welcome to this week's strength in the numbers now you've just heard from this week's guest mentor mark samowitz who's the ceo and founder of accounting made easy and an interesting thing that not a lot of people know about mark is that after completing his traineeship at grant thornton he then went on to pursue a career in New York, where he lived as a full-time musician and entertainer. And he shares some incredible stories during this interview, which you'll find entertaining, but also very helpful for those of you in your career when it comes to making some big decisions about what you want or where you want to take your accounting training forward so you can go and have a meaningful, successful, rewarding career. So some of the key things Mark and I deconstruct together during the show is how he juggled between his singing and accounting careers at the same time and he also shares a turning point around a story where he actually offered to sing at an audit client's offices in the boardroom. And yes, he got some free cheese and wine out of the bargain as well, but also helped him shape his future career and define his future career path. Also, how to forge your own path. I think it's very important that we feel some sort of control over where our career is going. And we really delve into what Mark does with Accounting Made Easy. I have to say it's a really disruptive and revolutionary approach to accounting and particularly finance for non-finance professionals. I've even managed to get my 13-year-old son to, to complete the course. And with that in mind, we actually talk about the importance of having a common language. And Mark recommends three steps that we can all follow because as Mark shares in the show, a great example, if we're not speaking one common language when it comes to the numbers or accounting or finance, it costs us money. So I won't give the whole episode away just now, but if you do want to connect with Mark as well as take a deeper dive into our conversation together, you can find detailed timestamp show notes, key resources, quotes, and a whole lot more at sitnshow.com. And as always, thanks again for tuning in today. So without further ado, over to Mark and the show. Mark, welcome to the show. Great to be here. It's great to have you on, and I know we've spoken previously and seriously got so many great stories to share with our audience. Before we go into that, perhaps maybe you could talk briefly about your journey in accounting and finance and share some of that with our audience, please. Sure. Studied accounting at Wits University in Africa, in Johannesburg, South Africa, and qualified as a chartered accountant in 2004 after doing my articles, my training contract at, uh, at Grant Thornton in Johannesburg. I took the route that most accountants take after that. I moved to New York to become a professional singer and entertainer. <laughs> um, when I tell people that they do think I'm joking, but I am actually serious. Um, singing was uh, really always my first love. Yeah, as a, as a frustrated accountant, I guess, you know, like uh, I thought, let me go spread my wings and, and pursue my singing career, which I actually did in New York, living as a, as a full-time singer entertainer for about three and a half years and then got pulled back into the the world of accounting but in a different way through training you know through teaching non-accountants 
who were petrified of accounting and who had a fear for accounting, how to understand accounting in a gamified, fun way. And I've been running a training company for the last 12 years, empowering non-accounting professionals to understand accounting in a one-day course. I, I know some of our audience might say, like, you know, that's, that's you know, understanding accounting, I suppose we, we appreciate the language of business and so on. I do want to get into that in a moment because um, I think what you're doing in this space is really cool and I think we should all pay attention to it. Um, it, it definitely taught me a couple of things uh, and uh, we'll get onto it in a moment. But before mm -hmm. that, you, you mentioned about your, your singing uh, career, your entertaining career. Yeah. Obviously, you probably yeah. had to manage your development as an accountant around that, and, and, and it probably took a lot of commitment as well as an entertainer and musician. How did you manage all of that? It's a good question. There were, there were some fine. I almost got fired a couple of times during my training contract when I kept applying for leave uh, to go do gigs in America and to go do gigs in Australia. And then they're like, how much unpaid leave are you actually going <laughs> to take? So it's always been a, a bit of a juggling act. But you know, when you, when you love something and something really brings you so much joy and so much happiness and adds so much to your life and singing is, is what I do and just brings me a tremendous joy that uh, if, if I can't fit it in, if I'm, uh, if I'm not singing to someone somewhere, right, whether for pay or not for pay, there's something missing. So I think if basically what I'm saying is that if it's important enough to you, you'll make time for it, you'll, you'll work it in you'll find a job or create a business that allows you to, to make time for that. I think it's great because I know, again, particularly in the modern economy and being an accountant, doing our training contracts, great qualification to have, great training, sure. uh, really opens a lot of doors for us. But it's also important if we're going to have a sustainable career, it's doing what we love as well, you know, and, and blending 100%. it. So that questions a lot on a lot of audiences' minds. I, I know that. Uh, so thanks for sharing that story there. I mean, accountants, it, it doesn't so much fit in with, you know, being an accountant, you know, what you're also a singer, a composer. And, and it reminds me of a story. I was, I was doing my training contract at Grand Thornton. And on my very first audit, I offered the client a concert. <laughs> on the last day of the audit, I, 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 said, I said to the client, I said, uh, you know, I also sing and play, play piano. And if you, you kind of, do you want to bring the whole staff into the boardroom? Uh, I can give you guys a concert. They loved this idea. It was actually a chat I had with a marketing director of, of, of the company we ordered to. She said, what an amazing idea. And she sent out an email to the whole company. The auditor, Mark, is giving us a concert on the last day of the order. There'll be cheese and wine in the boardroom and we'll do it at 12. And really, it was, it was great marketing for the firm, you know, because I was an accountant that also had a personality and that was also entertaining the client. But unfortunately, my firm didn't see it that way. And the manager on the audit told all the other auditors who are on that audit, you guys stay in the room, you keep working. You, we're not going to the boardroom. Mark can go, because he, he made this silly, silly promise to the client that he could, uh, he's going to sing to them, but everybody else, you carry on working. And, you know, so even uh, as recent as, you know, that was, what, 14 years ago, even as recently as then, there was still that, you know, that, no, no, we've got to just sit and tick and bash. We charge you by the hour, but... Really, it would have done tremendous good if the auditors had got in there and just been there in the boardroom with the client to just have some cheese and wine. Get some cheese and wine for free as well. <laughs> we, we, we love free, but yeah, no, I suppose it's, that's what differentiates nowadays, you know, is that little bit extra. What's your extra? Plenty of people who can tick and bash, but what else do you bring? And that would cement a very good relationship with that client as well, having those memories, shared memories. 
hundred percent. But you know what? It's always these experiences that really form you yes. and mold you. And I had I had enough of these experiences during my training contract to know that when I finished my training contract, I didn't want to work for anyone, and I wanted to be my own boss and build my own company. That I didn't have to beg people to do things I want to do or to be knocked back for also being a, a singer as well as an accountant. Or I knew if I wanted to do it my way in my own time that I'd really have to kind of forge my own path and, and my own journey. And so, so in one way, I'm grateful for those experiences because it pushed me to say, right, I've finished articles. What company am I going to start as opposed to who am I going to go work for, which was the mindset that kind of it instilled me with. Look, really appreciate you maybe showing and sharing that path and how that helped to get formed from those experiences with their audience because again I think that's the key thing massive community out there there's plenty of people out there in a similar position whether it's from an entertaining a musical career they want to be a budding comedian uh, we, we have them in accounting uh, magician we've had we had magicians as well and also uh, sports people you know people who really want to dedicate time to their sports and you know have something to go into once they're finished a sporting career um Sure, I know we were talking off air. You know, you were, represented your country on the rage in uh, table tennis, I think it was, wasn't it, Mark? As a junior, I was number four in South Africa in table tennis. I had a coaching school. I used to coach for a number of years. That was my, I guess my first sort of business was my Mark Samovitz table tennis school of coaching. Uh, every Sunday, like run coaching for juniors at the club, coach some South African champions, which was cool. And yeah, I even uh, was in the junior South African squad uh, when I was 17. So, so yeah, sport, music, whatever, I believe you've got to keep it interesting. This. Back to your point, though, I mean, if it's important enough to you, you'll make the time for it. And, it, you know, it won't feel like work, you know. Yeah, and that's the way it should be as well. Um, and I think, I think, look, you know, that what the way the world is going at the moment with these virtualized environments, I think the more we become a bit more broad in our hobbies and a appreciate all the things around us i think again that will just allow to that differentiated experience uh, with those we interact with absolutely one of the main reasons we also got talking was again some other guest mentors on the show reached out said you got to speak to mark this is what he's doing and then we talked said oh my god mark you, you know got to share this with our audience because uh, I, 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 I seriously do think what you're doing is definitely adding another edge to our accounting education i think i think to some some expressions could be revolutionary but that's me talking do you want maybe share with our audience what you're up to Sure. Maybe a lot of your listeners know or don't know that there are a lot of people out there who struggle with accounting, non-accounting people. Most of the people in the business are non-accounting people. And they're your operations directors and your marketing execs and your branch managers and your sales managers. And you have all these managers, all these management teams who, as people get promoted through their end, people are, are having to really be more or fair with numbers, have to be stronger with numbers. Why? Because as you get promoted through management, you're seeing more numbers, you're doing your budgets, you're essentially managing your own little business. That's the way I see it. And if you don't have clarity on your numbers and you aren't strong on numbers and you aren't able to make strong decisions on those numbers, then where does it leave the company? You know, a bunch of, I think there's someone selling ice creams driving past my, 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 my window over here. That's, that's, that's another story. That's, that's, uh, what is the way to uplift these people? All these non-financial or non-finance people, non-finance professionals in the business, whatever you want to call them, how do you uplift them and get them talking the language of business and making better decisions for the company and not having this fear, not being intimidated by the numbers, but just being comfortable to look at them and saying, yes, I know what's going on. I know what needs to be done. Um, I can make sense of what I'm reading. I can understand it and I can make better decisions for my company going forward. And uh, that's the motivator. That's, that's the space in which we play. 
look, I you know, obviously I'm not a scientist, but you know, there has been a trend on, on these conversations on the show where this phobia you're talking about, it's it's very clear and present, you know, and I don't know if us as a profession of finance and accounting professionals are helping ourselves a lot in terms of how we interact with the business around these things, or if it's more deeper rooted in that maybe someone at school wasn't great with maths and they've got this uh, assumption that they need to be good at maths to understand accounting. I think what, again, I, I again, from, from exploring what you're doing, there seems to be no fear. And I was a bit embarrassed sort of uh, working my way through it in that, you know, it took it took at least three plus years for me to, to become qualified as an accountant. Mm. I think you get people most of the way there within six hours or, or a day, you know, it was just like, oh, my God, that would have been really nice. Even as someone who understands finance to have gone through myself as a, a younger accountant, finance professional or even modern day. So I, I learned how to talk to others in a way that doesn't scare them off, <laughs> you know. So um, in terms of how you, you uh, interact with businesses, I mean, obviously, probably work with all sizes. Uh, as you said, there's a diverse range of groups this probably applies to as well. Maybe sort of share how, how what you do works with audience. Maybe explain like some of the concepts behind it that make it so successful. It's going on from what you said. I mean, how is accounting currently taught? It's currently taught using a lot of, I just call it off-by-heart learning. In, I was once giving a workshop in Durban, and apparently there's a verb in Durban, maybe even there's a verb called by-hearting. <laughs> so the people apparently in, in KwaZulu-Natal, in Durban, in South Africa, they said, yeah, we just by-hearted it. I said, by-hearted it? Oh, wow. So that's it. People are by-hearting accounting, okay, with very little understanding. And you could be even doing like a whole degree in accounting. And maybe you did three years accounts, but you bahearted it. You learned it off by heart. So a couple of years down the line, you, you, you aren't able to access that information. Because you learned it for the exams. You learned it to pass. But you didn't really get the clear picture of how the accounting puzzle works, how the accounting puzzle connects. I really believe that, that we play in this magical space of disrupting accounting education. So it's a bold statement. <laughs> it's a very bold statement. But, you know, if you look at, you know, yes i'll make an even bolder statement we are the uber of accounting. <laughs> yeah just, just go with it <laughs> no, just run yeah, yeah run in, the, in the way uber you know disrupted our, our taxis how taxis we're disrupting how accounting education works because the current model says you've, you've got to learn it off by heart from a thick textbook from a very clever lecturer and you've got to take a yeah. few years we're taking all of that and we say no no you don't need a you don't need to learn off by heart from a thick textbook from a lecturer for many years you can actually learn it in one day not using a textbook using a game using a visual methodology where you see how accounting concepts come together and how accounting concepts come to connect and how the whole accounting, how accounting statements come to form and not through lecture-based learning, but through discovery learning. You're going to discover all of this for yourself as opposed to us telling you. And so really that's the whole model flipped on its head. Um, and that's why I use that bold word of disruption, because it's taking something that pe pre people previously believed would take an eternity or you know, would at least take a couple of years. Eternity is a long time. It takes a couple of years to get to a certain level. And we're saying, no, you need six hours. And Andrew, you, you can probably identify this. Like when I first showed this, and I'm sure your listeners out there will be, you know, when I first showed this to a CFO or a finance director and, and you know they say right uh, show me what you do no one can teach accounting in six hours or accounting fundamentals or whatever you claim to teach there's this immediate like kind of talk to the hand like you know, like there's this immediate people are suspect of me and my product because i'm essentially saying i mean that a certain journey i mean i like to think of it like kind of the car versus the airplane okay you know, if i ask you to take 
how long does a certain journey take? Yes, let's talk about before the airplane was invented. Your only reference for how long that journey took yeah. was the car, yeah. because there was no other. When I tell you, you can do that in in like you know hundred times more quickly if you just took another mode of transport. If you're not familiar with that, that mode of transport, obviously uh, you're suspecting it. what's this person about, what's this person trying to sell me. And really, so we're using this, this different mode of transport. Kind of, That's the best kind of parallel I, I can draw. And um, when I run a little demo for a CFO of our game and how we teach in balance sheets, income statements, cash flow statements, journal entries, general ledgers, trial balances, reading, understanding financial statements, actually running a business and going through every journal entry that's happening in a business and representing that on our game. When people actually see it in just like a short demo, they're like, wow, you really actually do teach like almost like the whole of first year university accounting in, in like six hours. It's the mode of transport. We use a mode of transport that unfortunately most people haven't heard of, but thanks to you and your podcast, right, hopefully a lot more people uh, would have heard of it by the end of this. It's multifaceted. You know, you've got obviously there's numbers in there. There's um, different colors. It's a game sounds. Um, also, uh, it's practical. It's useful. Um, for me, when, when I was uh, you know understanding it better, I said like, oh my God, I just wish my kids would learn it this way, mm-hmm. you know? It, so it's not just applies to, to, you know, sort of, it just applies pretty much to every level. So it's a really funny thing you say, because uh, we, we're based mainly in corporates and in the bigger plan, in the bigger picture, there is a, a plan obviously to get into schools. And I've had many meetings with different schools and again, for the schools, it's a different mindset because there's a textbook and it's like, well, how does your product fit into our textbook? They, they're married to the textbook. They, you know, I remember once showing it to a school and they're like, you can't teach all these things. No, because balance sheets, yeah, we only got to there in grade 10, but we only moved to that concept in grade 11. You're teaching it on day one. And, and that concept that you teach, we only get to that in grade 12. We're not going to show the learners that. There's, there's, we have to really just like open it up to go, it doesn't have to be the slow textbook approach. So that, that's another story altogether. But yeah. oh, what I want to tell you, right, that many people from corporates who've done our workshops take their kids out of school and bring them on our public workshops to say, you know, like, I'm going to give my kid this. I'm taking them out of school for a day. When's your next public workshop? I want to bring my son and I want to bring my daughter. I want them to have this knowledge. You know, just, just going through the, these words, these big words now, disruptive, uh, revolutionary. I'm, I was sort of thinking about um, David Boyer's uh, TEDx talk um, that he did for, you know, I think he was one of the first accountants to do a TED talk. And he was really describing in his TED talk some, some research done by the Australian Financial Review. And it was really about how people, as much as accountants, we've been trained in such a good way that if someone speaks to us with a financial problem, you know, 83% of the time we can help them solve it. But the problem is only one in 10 people will come to us. You know, if they met us at a barbecue, we'd be one of the last people they talk to. They'd rather talk to their friends first or their business partners. They'd never think about coming to someone who knows probably what they're talking about. And again, like, you know, this could really, really make accountants and finance professionals more popular. People might actually want to speak to us now, you know. So I suppose it could be a revolution and disruptive. Uh, But another thing I like about it is common language. Um, And I think that's very important for us as well to be able to speak when we speak is that people get what we're saying and we we ourselves shouldn't have fear of communicating it because on the other side they know what they're receiving do you know what happens when we are not talking one common language (laughs) you know what happens i'll tell you what happens we land up losing money right 
And I'll tell you what, it happened to me. I was walking along the street. Um, at the time, I was full-time singing mode and living in New York. I was living on the Upper West Side in Manhattan, and I was, I was walking down the street. I was corner 92nd and Broadway in New York, and I was walking past the Newton Hotel, and there was a shoe shiner over there. And he had a bunch of shoes and a little box. And, a, and you know, that's what he did. He, he shined shoes. He had some polishes, some brushes, and a, and a little box. And he called over to me. He said to me, yo, man, come over here. I like your shoes. So I thought, how cool is that, that the shoe shiner should like my shoes? That's so cool. I looked down. I was wearing shoes I'd bought in Perth on a visit to Australia. Actually, on a singing visit to Australia, I'd bought these shoes in Perth. And I thought, how cool that the shoe shiner noticed my shoes. And then he said to me, he said, man, I bet I can tell you where you got them shoes. Wow. I mean, I've heard of New Yorkers who are like, can do insane things, but this is what, <laughs> you know. And he saw me thinking for a moment, and then he said to me, you know what, man? Not only will I tell you where you got them, but I'll tell you the street, the city, and the zip code, man. This is a no-brainer bet. I mean, obviously. And he said to me, how much you want to bet, man? $5, $10, $20, $50. What do you want to bet, man? I was, he was rather confident, but I, I just had to see this play out. Because was like, how could you know where in Perth I got these shoes? And I said, fine. We shook hands. And I said, right, $5. So do you want to know where you got them, man? You got them on your feet. Oh. Corner 92nd and Broadway, New York City, 10025. <laughs> he saw you coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. He saw me coming. He saw me coming, right? Why, why did I tell you the story? Because I was so hell-bent that the yeah. word got meant yeah. where I bought them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where and he obviously how could he know where I bought them? I don't know what I was thinking. How could he possibly know? He obviously where I got them, you know, the colloquial use, American use of the word got. You got him on your feet, man. And so we were speaking like this. We were speaking at a complete crossroads. We were speaking, God, I was 100% God meant this, and he was 100% God meant this. And we were not talking the same. We were using the same word, but we weren't, we weren't talking the same language. And so what happens when you're not talking the same language? You land up losing money, right? That's what happened to me. I lost my $5, but I got a great story out of it. But still, so, so really, I think that's a great, like, it's a great kind of metaphor for what we do. We're just bringing that language in check, bringing everyone on the same page, letting everyone talk the same language. So when I use the word income, you know what I'm talking about. When I use the word assets, you know what I'm talking about. When I use the word accruals, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to tell you another story kind of once we had it because it reminds me of another story that I was once delivering to a very big company that had an academy. And they put on this academy, they, if you were a chartered accountant and you were selected for the academy, you even had to attend the accounting made easy, you know, oh. one day course. You know, and it was like, and the accountants like walked in like, oh, what are we doing? The accountant made easy. I can uh, imagine, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but I repositioned it for them. And I said to them, look, for everybody else sitting here, this is a course in accounting. For you as a chartered accountant, you should know every single thing that I'm going to teach today. There's nothing new you're going to learn from an accounting point of view. But for you, I want you to reframe this course. This is a language course for you. You're going to be a fly on the wall. I'm not going to ask you any questions. You're just going to observe and watch what people struggle with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And let's have a chat at the end of the day. And they all came out to me. That was like mind blown, mind blown. I had no idea that people struggled with the word income, that 90% of the people in this room thought that income meant cash in and didn't realize that you can earn income when you've rendered a service. Blown away that people thought assets the thing is only an asset when it's paid off. But people didn't realize that the thing about assets was the control element. 
blown away that expenses, I mean, these are basic accounting words that any accountant would just use, take for granted, yeah. expenses, income, assets, even going as basic as this, before we even get more complex, you know, EBITDA and gross profit and net profit margin, that's already second level words. But at the first level words, people don't even have clarity on, on, on the language. So two long stories, but basically just highlighting, this is a language and if we're talking a language that not everyone's on the same page with, big problems in organization. So I suppose, look, um, in terms of, and again, I think I think we've touched on this on the show in the past, this importance of language, and sometimes we're translators and, and whatever. I mean, in terms of our audience, how, you know, is there some steps they could start taking to, I suppose, move more in, the, in that direction of using the right language or tailoring their approach to tune into the right language? I mean, so what sort of steps could they take to, to, to be better at this? I've got a six-hour answer. <laughs> <laughs> six hours, you do our course. And, you know, you'll become aware of all the language that gets used that, that, that people don't have clarity on. Even if you take the word debit and credit. You know, most non-accountants think debit means down. Right? They've never seen it on the other side. They've never seen it as an up. So we unpack language on Accounting Made Easy course in a visual way, which kind of takes away the fear from it because you're also seeing where a word lives and you're seeing how that word and how that concept connects as a puzzle to other concepts. Look, short, short of taking our, our six-hour accounting course, a practical tip that uh, you can ask people in a conversation. The accountant will sometimes say, you know, we need a crew for that. So we need to reverse that out or we need to journalize that. So, you know, there's there's three three words I've used, okay, that... I can tell you for certain most non-accounting people don't know. Right? And but what do non-accounting people do? They give the nod and smile. <laughs> right? They give the, the one day, yeah, yeah. Not, nod look, and smile. Like, I'm not gonna know, look stupid I, I in front of you. <laughs> I'm not look stupid in front of you. I'm gonna leave the room and then what was that person talking yeah, about? That's I exactly have no idea. Thinking. So a real tip and a real practical tip for finance people, check in with people, make them repeat back to you what you said checking in with their understanding. Do you understand what I asked you? Do you want to just tell me in your own words what you understood from, I mean, yeah, people use this technique in, in therapy, you know, or in like you say back to me what you heard and what you, but really that's where we need to go when it comes to accounting jargon because just in one sentence, an accountant could include five words or concepts that could be extremely confusing for the non-accountant. So ask the, the, the non-accountant or the person you're chatting to, to talk it back to you and you'll find you'll discover all the holes. You go like, you know, I said, we've got to journalize this. We've got to reverse that. We've got to proof this. We've got to write that off. Like accountants just, you know, accountant just sees in his head, write that off. Oh, we're just crediting the asset and we're the expense, right? For, for an accountant, that has a meaning. It has an action, okay? For the non-accountant, they're like, where do I write it? Yeah. <laughs> I write it? Oh, where must I write it? You know, like, it, it, it's, do you understand how like, insane or bizarre it must sound to the non-accountant? So if there's one, check in, you know, and if you're a non-accountant like listening to this, have the courage to ask, okay? Have the courage to ask, right? At the risk of looking stupid or whatever, right? rather look stupid than go out and do the wrong thing. Do something that the person didn't ask to do or, you know, create more problems. Ask you, you used four words that I'm not a hundred percent that I don't have clarity on, or that are a little confusing for me. Would you could you break it down for me? Could you draw for me visual around that can be applied applied immediately just to get people talking the language uh, and being on the same page, you know, when it comes to accounting language. No, that's that's awesome, Mark. That's really great advice there. And I suppose, look, um, you know, in terms of yourself, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Someone once told me, and I can't remember who. 
throw a hundred pieces of wet toilet paper against the wall, something's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great, like, you know, like we, we're going to, a lot of people like, you know, they'll throw once or they'll throw it three times or they'll throw it five times or they'll throw it 10 times and it drops off and doesn't stick. And it wasn't. And, and, you know, and in building a business and in building a training company, and, you know, yes, we've been going for 12 years and we, we keep uh, bettering the product and we keep pivoting and we keep doing things differently and making it better and making the experience better and making the journey better. And that only comes from keeping on throwing keeping on throwing and just hoping it's going to stick and work to so just keep that momentum i guess is what i'm saying keep that momentum going i think it's one thing throwing it and stop potentially sticking but i suppose it it's that need to constantly be tuned into what people are looking for from an experience uh what works 100%. for people what doesn't and keep as you said pivoting i mean the current situation we're in at the moment with covid i mean i know a lot of what you used to do was was face to face but you know you've now got the, the virtual elements and stuff like that and uh customization 100%. and going even further you know hundred percent. So we, we've done like a, a really massive pivot over the COVID period where, uh, yes, we were predominantly face-to-face prior to COVID. But we're now offering a, a couple of uh, online and virtual solutions for clients, you know, to either do a mirror of our face-to-face course in, the, in three two-hour Zoom sessions, making use of Zoom breakout rooms and still letting people work together and have that discovery learning and just, and then offering companies that, you know, don't necessarily want to dedicate a lot of time but want uh, employees to do it in their own time we've got independent self-paced learning put it up as an online video course with quizzes to check in with the learning so you can do it in your own time and you can even do that version and then have zoom check-ins with our facilitators to ask any questions and and so really just pivoting in a number of different ways and offering companies whatever will work for them in this environment to keep the learning going to make sure people are still upskilling and still the companies are still empowering their people even even at this time even if they're at home or they're back at the office or wherever they are right now we've got a solution that will work for them you also mentioned the word customization i'm a massive believer in and i'm just so happy that that a client forced me to do it all those years ago you know where they said to me all oh, very nice you're coming and you're teaching us accounting and we're running some generic business and it's going to be a phone shop or whatever you are you're going to teach us accounting with you know running your phone shop that we're going to like but how does it apply to our company yeah. we don't run a phone shop <laughs> we're uh, we're in we're in telecoms or we're in like yes yeah, so you're teaching the accounting principles through your phone shop but these people are so scared hold their hands and bring it home for them right don't leave them hanging so that customized piece is that is where the real value is you want to see real behavioral change in your people when it comes to finance and accounting so the customized piece of taking our gamified visual approach and marrying it to the transactions and reports and financial data and ratios that these people have to deal with and see every day, that's a game changer. Because now you, you're actually saying, in the, whether it's two days face-to-face or 12 hours virtually, that we're saying we can take someone who's petrified, who's even got no accounting background, and by the end of 12 hours with us, they're reading this, the actual financial reports they see on a weekly or monthly basis, identifying issues, identifying pain points, being able to read it, make sense of it, comment on it, understanding where changes need to be made and having intelligent conversations about it. And that, that's what it comes down to. 
competitive conversations and then the decisions that yeah. get made from those those conversations you know that level setting and and he said if we make exactly. bad decisions uh you know don't understand the language uh, could lose money exactly exactly so the customer that customized piece has been huge for us and even within certain companies sometimes we have five different customizations right we will have a customization just for the sales team and another customization just for operations managers because obviously each each of those teams are seeing different financial data and trying to make sense of, of you know their divisional or departmental PL. And there's no point in, in talking general company finances with the sales guys because most of it they aren't going to touch. But but you know, properly understanding that the biggest question I get is what is depreciation doing on my PL? Then I didn't spend that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, how do you answer that one? <laughs> Where do you start, you know, in a way that's going to go on sand? So we obviously have, have, have answers to, to all these questions and we're explaining every single question that comes from a participant. This is the beautiful thing. And, and they, you know, this is every question they get asked gets explained visually. We're touching something. We're pointing to something. We're saying, you see that thing over there? As we use that thing, it drips down to here. Okay. How do we show that movement? How do we show that there's that over its useful life, that it's that it's slowly getting used up, that it's depreciated? And we show like visually, we answer the question visually. So that's the answer. You ask. So how would you even start out visually? Visually. That's how we did it. Great, great example. Great example, Mark. And I suppose look, if um, if our audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you? You can email me, mark, M-A-R-K, at accountingmadeeasy, all written without any hyphens or dots, accountingmadeeasy, and there'll be two E's there, M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y, dot C-O. So that is my email address, mark at accountingmadeeasy, dot C-O. And my website is www.accountingmadeeasy.co. The website, my email address, people are also welcome to give me a call and I can give my, my phone number. It's uh, plus 972-53-879-1016. So Mark, thanks for all those details. We'll put those into the show notes that go with, right. go with this episode. And um, look, I suppose in terms of, in terms of you know, you've given us great advice, great journey. I, I, again, you're... You're sort of uh, balancing your your musical career with and entertaining and composing with the accounting and the fantastic stories you shared. Uh, really awesome stuff and the great bit of advice as well um, about uh, getting onto the same sort of page and making sure we're in the common language. Would you ha- perhaps have any other parting thoughts for audience as we're wrapping up? A couple of parting thoughts. Look, I mean, right now we're looking for partners, so we we're really like looking for people to, to spread the message. We're looking for resellers of the products, for trainers of the product. We're looking for dist- distributors in, in different regions. So if, if this talks to you and you know you want to add it as a tool in your toolkit, please reach out. If you're a, a CFO or you're an FD and, and, and you're listening to this and you want to empower your staff, so please reach out. If you want to empower yourself on how to you know go through the course for yourself so you can have better conversations uh, with with your staff and with the people who work with you and around you, you know, reach out. If you're an entrepreneur and uh, you're running a business, you know, we've trained thousands. Uh, to, to date, we've trained over 20,000 people. So like, this is not something I'm, I'm you know, just kind of 
trying out to see if it works. Like we know that 20,000 people uh, have been uplifted, you know, and the, the feedback and the comments we get, the absolute release that that gives people, they're holding this on their, on their shoulders, this lack of accounting understanding, lack of finance understanding, like suddenly it's sitting heavy on people. And we really just, it's, it's that release. Like, ah, just breathe it. I actually, I can do this. And so really, if there's kind of one parting statement I want to, I want to, I want to leave you with, it's if accounting scares you, if you have a fear of accounting, if you're intimidated by financial statements, if you have people who have who work in your organization, have a fear of accounting, intimidated by financial statements. Basically, if accounting scares you, you were taught badly. And really that's, that's what I want to, want to, want to leave your listeners with. And, uh, there's a new way. There's a different way. It can be done better. It can be done in super quick time. Yeah. Anyone who'd like to engage further, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to share. I'd love to help. Great way to end the show. So thank you for, for investing your time today and coming on Strengthen the Numbers. Thank you so much for having me and for your generosity and for your time. And uh, I really had a great chat. Thank you so much. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.